God is amazing. You can't make me doubt him. I know way too much about him. He's been an amazing guy. I do want to remind everyone uh, that we have Porter's Lake Bible Camp coming up for our young people. And so Brother Terrio, or Pastor Terrio, is going to be outside uh, with a table after church to sign your middle school kids up for camp. It's $105. Listen, it's worth its weight in gold. Please. It's more valuable than a pair of gym shoes. So, so you want your kids to go to camp. Um, this Wednesday, um, I'm going to be in Atlanta. My wife and I is going to be in Atlanta this week. We're going on a Sankofa trip. It's going to be life-transforming. Um, it's the only time that we're going to, three days, man, we're going to be almost separated but together. It's a group that we have to pair with a, a white couple, and so she'll be with the wife and I'll be with the husband. So we'll sleep in the same room, he and I, and she'll sleep. In, so I'll be away from my wife for three days, but we'll be on this journey together. And it's a, it's a history journey. Uh, so we're going to be traveling on the bus down into Mississippi, into Tennessee, and, and all that. So we board, we fly into Atlanta, and then we start off in Atlanta. And then so it's going to be, it's going to be really, really, it's going to be like everybody that's been on it says life transforming. So y'all pray for us and pray for safe travels as we fly out in the morning. So please. Uh, Wednesday, uh, uh, my, ne- my first cousin, who I'm really, really close to, uh, got shot and killed, uh, and his funeral is going to be here uh, uh, Wednesday at 12 o'clock. So I'm asking the saints to please be here to support my family. Um, I won't be here, so if you guys can be here, we'd appreciate that. And uh, J.B. Earl, I just got a message on my phone that they said rush L.C. to the hospital. He's bleeding, so I don't know what's going on with him. So my brother's in Mississippi. His wife just rushed him to emergency. So I'm challenged with a lot of different things, but God is uh, amazing. So uh, please pray for my family. Uh, the, the, the Bible is a, 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 this book that uh, is for you uh, and is for the person sitting next to you and the person that you work with and your children, your spouses. Uh, uh, it's a book. Um, that God had put together, and he had multiple authors that put this book together, and the book is unique, but the whole book is about relationships, right? And it's how to manage relationships. And the whole book is really about you loving people and God loving people and how God wants us to do the exact same thing. And so um, one of the guys that was very uh, inspirational uh, particularly in the old, well, in the Old Testament and the New, was Abraham. Uh, Abraham was really considered the father of faith, and he was the Jews. Uh, they say they was his father, and they always wanted to revert back to what Abraham taught and all that. So we kind of want to talk about Abraham's life, but I want to talk to you about things that you're going through in life and, and how you manage the situation. Um, one of the things, I named my sermon, and our overhead is not working uh, today, uh, so... Uh, but I'm teaching out of Genesis, the 15th chapter. And if you start at verse 1, you can stay with me. And we walk, and I'll walk you through the verses. So if you've got a Bible in front of you on your iPad, go to Genesis, the 15th chapter. Um, the title of the sermon is called The King's Dilemma. Everybody say King's Dilemma. All right. God had a, has a dilemma, all right? And it's important, Lance, because the beauty of God, his dilemma is he wants to bless us, 
But because we lack faith sometimes, God has to cause things in our life to happen to let us know that we have lack of faith. And he wants you to know, I don't really appreciate you not trusting me, but because I'm a king and my word is binding, what I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do. But because you don't believe I am who I say I am, all right, and you don't believe I can do what I say I can do, I'm going to spank you on the hand and let you know. He said, and it puts me in a dilemma because I love you so much. Amen? Uh, so we got to understand, but because we fail to trust God, all right, we force him, watch this here, to delay our blessing. Because we fail to trust him, uh, it forces him sometimes, man, to, to delay our blessing, right? Uh, not that you're not going to get your blessing, but it may be delayed because of you. It ain't got nothing to do really with God. It's all got to do with you and your confidence and your trust in him. And he wants you to know that I'm there for you and I would never, ever leave you. And I would never, ever forsake you. And once I make a promise to you, I promise you my word is binding. Right? And he said, and I would never, ever go against my word. So, Every promise I made to you will come to pass, right? Now, uh, that's important. So it's important to understand, but the results of our lack of trust in God, all right, we can often experience Egypt before Canaan. Now, for those who don't know anything about the Bible, the children of Israel had to go through Egypt in order to get to their blessing in Canaan. So Canaan was the promised land, but they had to go through Egypt. Now, they had to go through Egypt, I believe, is because of Abraham, right? And it's because of Abraham's lack of faith. And, uh, but even though Abraham turns to God, you know, I believe you, and God counted it as righteousness, right? God still had a problem with it. Now, in, when you read Genesis chapter 13, uh, God uh, is dealing with Lot and Abraham and the separation of the two. And Abraham, God had blessed Abraham with multiple riches. Now, Abraham, God told Abraham, get up and leave your family, Abraham, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a father of many nations. All right? Now, he told him this, uh, 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 it's important to that he said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Right? And, and you're not going to be able to count them. The number is going to be so great. You're going to be the man, and it's because of you, Abraham. I love you so much, right? Now, that's important. So now, in chapter 13, he tells him about his blessings. So Abraham and Lot, see, they separate, and God is blessing them so much, they head off, and then God uh, uh, had blessed Abraham so much, Abraham told Lot, said, listen, God just did something just crazy in our life. He's blessed us beyond our wildest dreams. We have so much. He said, I tell you what, I'm not going to challenge you on and argue and all this kind of stuff. And your herdman is being blessed and everybody's blessed. And you have all these blessings and the land is so prosperous. And we have so much that we need to separate. You tell me what you want and I'm going to let you go where you got to go. He said, then I go the other way. Right. And now God had already made Abraham extremely rich. 
when Abraham really didn't have a whole lot. Now, I want you to understand, a lot of you all have stuff. God has blessed you, and it had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with what God did for you. And God blessed you, man, because he wanted you to be a blessing to others, right? And so sometimes, man, when God bless us so much, man, uh, and then we ask for something, we don't get it, and then we question God. After God has already proven himself to us, who he is, right? Now, he had already told Abraham, said, Abraham, uh, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You're going to be the man. You're my man in the earth, all right? Now, can you imagine the king telling you, hey, you the guy? You know, you're my point man. You, you, you're the one that's going to run the show for me, Abraham. And then so Abraham like, oh, yes, I like it. Now, watch what happens. So all of a sudden, they separate. Uh, this is important. Don't miss this. And, and so Abraham is doing well over here, and then Lot is over here, and then a war breaks out, and these kings start to fight. In the process of the battle, they capture Lot. And when they capture Lot, uh, there's an issue, and there's a problem because Abraham loved Lot. It was his nephew, and he had a special love for Lot. So when he heard, when the, when, um, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, 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 soldiers came back and told Abraham, said, Abraham, uh, they got your nephew Lot. And this is the 14th chapter. They got your nephew Lot. And, and so Abraham gets his 300 trained men, go down and battle, and then Abraham goes down and rescues Lot. Right? When he rescues Lot, he comes, and, and I have a confession. Right? I have a confession because God revealed it to me, my confession. So one of my issues, I had a big issue, man, with tithing. Man. Issue until God kind of revealed to me the understanding of it. Now I've always been this is a sidebar, all right. I've always, and especially the social media people, pay attention to this because you guys know my, my take on this. A lot of you guys, right, Margaret? I had a big issue, right, with a tithing, right, and not that I didn't have to give because I always gave more than ten percent, right, and so I kind of was. Didn't understand it like I should have understood it. And, and so I'm, I'm reading it, and then I'm studying it, and then so God finally unlocked it, right? And he, when he unlocked it, uh, he told me, so it ain't got nothing to do with money. And I thought it had a lot to do with money. And so because people always sent it, I was always raised, man, it was about this money. But it, it's never about money, right? It was always about your relationship with God and understanding who he is and everything belongs to him, yes. right? So I knew that everything belonged to him, so I always gave and gave and gave, and I gave thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to the church. I mean, I always gave, right? And because of it, man, God blessed us like I, we'd never been blessed before, me and Ardina. I mean, he just blessed us beyond our wildest dream. Ardina said, don't tell it all. She always said, don't tell it all. Somebody might want to borrow something. <laughs> right? So... And uh, <laughs> she didn't really say all that. Uh, for, forgive me, Lord. Right? So now, but the, the beauty of it is, I mean, real talk. So the thing is, and I understood that uh, your relationship with God, it was all tied to it. So I didn't understand the significance of what God was trying to show us. And he, he revealed this to me uh, a while back. He says, what tithing is really all about is about God want to know, do you trust him? He gives you 100%, right? And he said, I want you to give a percentage back to me, not because I want it, because it all belonged to me. 
He said, I want to know, do you trust me? Not just with your finances, but with you. He says, with your entire life. Are you willing to give back? And what God, what we find out is that a lot of people don't trust God. And because of it, man, they really struggle in life. And people wonder why they struggle even when they tithe. It's because they really, they don't understand tithing. And they may give 10% and not realizing that it's really tied to your relationship with God. And how understanding who he is and that everything belongs to him. And he says, I want you to trust me with this here, and I'm going to bless you with this over here. Right? And I want, I want a percentage of all of you. Everybody say all of you. Because it, it ain't got nothing to do with money. Right? It's got to do with your commitment to him. And a lot of us, uh, the reason why I think God chose money, because back then they really dealt with cattle and all that. And so we don't deal with a lot of today. And God says, can I trust you? With this, so you have a lot of people think the churches want your money. That's why I used to always in marketing when they was on my lease. Pastor, don't say I said it ain't that about money. I don't want to talk about money. I hate talking about money. That's why I don't raise money. You ever notice when I do the office, I do it real fast. Hurry, y'all get money. Here you go. Right? Because I don't want in marketing. You say, Pastor, you got to teach on that. I said I don't, don't, don't want to ask nobody for nothing. Right? Because God has everything. But what God wants you guys to understand is that it's all tied to your relationship with Him. Do you trust him? Now, I'm telling you something. Listen to me very much. A lot of you guys are struggling because you don't trust God. You really don't trust him, right? And I think he pushed in the area of finances, man, because that's an area in which that you really struggle with, right? And you say, I'm not giving you this. Now, I give you a dollar, but I'm not giving you a 10, right? I don't want just your money. I also want your time. Are you willing to do kingdom work for me? Or are you selfish and say, I don't have time for nothing? Guys, I give you the time, but you don't want to give nothing back. Right? So now, it's going to open up. So when God, Abraham, meets, Abraham goes to war, and when he goes to war, he wins the war, and on his way back, he has all this plunder. So he got all the goods, and he gets the goods, and he meets Melchizedek on the way. And he, he tithes to Melchizedek, and Melchizedek gives him bread and wine, serves him the Lord's Supper. In the Old Testament, remember, Jesus is not even here yet. So he, in the Old Testament, so he, he serves him bread and wine. Now, keep in mind that when he gave it to him, right, uh, he blesses him. Now, watch this here. Abraham told the kings, said, I don't want you to give me nothing, right, because if you give it to me, you're going to really tell the world that you made me rich, right? So I'm not keeping any of this because God told me not to take any of it, right? Only what's supposed to go to the men that was fighting in battle. God want me to trust him. Now, remember, now he won the war and got all the stuff. He gave it all away because he said, my faith is in God and I know God will bless me. So now God has to deal with Abraham. This is going to be good for some of you all, right? So as he's going, he starts to teach. Now, I'm, looking, I'm in the 15th chapter in verse number 1. And I'm reading from New Living Translation. I want you to watch this. Sometime later, this is after the war, and he had won the war, right? He had won the war with, 18, with 318 men. Abraham probably was scared to death. Because he knew in kingdoms, kings would come back 
kill you, take the king, and take your land. And he probably was worried about, are they going to come back and take back from me what I took from them? Right? And he probably thought, I may lose it all. Right? They, they may come, and I can't fight all these kings. I only have 318 trained men in my army. He says, they may come back and get mine. So God had to speak to Abraham. Now watch God. He had already blessed him, J.B., and made him rich. Right? And now he's worried. Right? But he still got confidence. Now, here's verse number one. It says, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, don't be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. Now, so God reassures him. So now, I know you can worry. So God put him asleep, gave him a vision, and spoke to him in the vision, says, Don't worry, I'm going to protect you. And not only am I going to protect you, here's what he says. Your reward will be great. God, so what God is telling you, I got you, Abraham. Whatever's going on, trust me. All right? Now, look at the next verse. Verse number, um, um, uh, let me, let me read Galatians first. Galatians says in Galatians 6 and 9, Uh, I I inserted this verse and it says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we what? I don't have to finish the verse. Everybody know it, right? If we don't give up and keep trusting God, watch this here, and keep leaning to his word, he said you will reap if you don't give up. He said don't give up to the world. Don't give in to the world. You will. Watch the king. You will, not you might. Not you might. He said, you will. And that's important, right? He said, you will weep if you don't give up. Everybody said, don't give up. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. It's a blessing in it. Now, look at verse number two of uh, Genesis, uh, uh, Pentecost. Here's what it said. But Abraham, now watch God. God blesses him, and here's Abraham. But Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've been, watch this, since you've given me no children. Here's verse number three. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Now here is the dilemma with the king. God had already blessed him. In chapter 13, God made him rich. It had nothing to do with Abraham. God had already made Abraham rich. Now, and he had blessed him, and God told him out of his own mouth. He spoke to him and said this, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be the father of many nations. But he comes back after God had blessed him to win a war with 318 men against all these kings, you come back victorious. All right? You didn't win that battle because the battle is not yours. It's the what? Lord's. So God wins the battle, and God gives him the victory through it all, but some reason he didn't see it. So then he turns around and questions God, and he says something to God that's crazy. He says, oh, sovereign Lord, what good? Can you, I don't care what you did. Uh, 
What good is all this if you don't give me a son? All this you've done for me don't mean nothing, God. I want another house. Because this house is too small. I want another. I don't like this job that I prayed for and you gave me. I want a better job. You was crying, sitting there begging, Lord, please let my interview go right. Did he bless you with it? And then when you get it, you say, I don't know why. This is crazy. They come up in here, many people. Hold on. You ask God for that. And, and, and listen, and you didn't even have the credentials to get it. And then God blesses you with it. And then after God bless you with it, you all excited for a minute. And then you say, God, this don't mean nothing. I can't even, I can't even pay my house. No, I can't even pay this. I don't have enough money to go on vacation. I, we start to complain. So here's Abraham, right? So he talks about this. So God is in a dilemma because God has blessed him. Everybody, God had blessed him. And he started to question God and challenge God. Now look at verse number four. Then God speaks to him. Then the Lord God said to him, no, no, Mr. Abraham, uh, your servant would not be your heir. For you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. He said, oh, God sounded like pretty nice. And he, didn't he? He answered real nice. But look at the next verse. All right. Then verse number five says, then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars in the, all right, and that, and show me, he said, that that's how many descendants you will have. You can't even count the stars. So now God reaffirms the 13th chapter. He said, I'm going to bless you. He takes him outside, Tasha. He said, now look up. Now, God seemed like God pretty nice about this thing, but God is really ticked off that you would challenge him, right? So God is ticked off, but he, he got to be nice about it because he loved Abraham, and I got to do something through you, Abraham, so I don't want to break your spirit, right? But watch this. Now, so he takes him out. He sees the sky. He looks up. He said, count them. He said, that's how many descendants you got. I'm going to bless you like I told you in chapter 13. Now, in verse number 6, he says this, and Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous, all right, because of his faith. Now, he believes God. He said, oh, God, I believe you now. He said, I got you, right? And God counts it as righteousness. So your faith is tied to your righteousness, all right? Now, sounds pretty good, right? Now, here's what happens. Now, remember God's dilemma. The king always has a dilemma. So God got a problem because God got to deal with this, Margaret. God got to deal with your lack of faith before you have faith. Since I had to show you again and, and tell you what I want you, so then my mic's going in and out. So my mic people need to stay at the mic, right? Now, so verse number 10, here's what he said. Then the Lord told him. Now, listen, now watch this here. Now, remember, God going to bless him. Don't miss this piece. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. I want you to know who I am. Now, I want you to understand that. Whatever you have, God gave it to you. And God wants you to understand that. He blessed you with it. I wouldn't care if you got a little house on the hill. You're living in a place, man, that you didn't build. You have jobs that you didn't start the company. Right? So don't complain about it. Be thankful about it. Because watch what happens in the dilemma. 
Look at verse number four. We don't like it, but it sounds kind of harsh. Here's what God did. Verse number 13. Then I wish we had it on the screen so we can read it out loud together. But here's what it says in the New Living Translation. Then the Lord said to Abram, you can be sure that your descendants will be a stranger in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. What you looking for? Mike, me up, partner. You all right with me, man? That's my guy. That's my guy. Right? Now, so, Tanya, this is good. So now God hits him with a, a bam. So God tells him, he said, listen, now I've already told you I was going to bless you, but since you're tripping, right, I'm going to take your people into slavery for 400 years. He said, since you're tripping and you don't want to understand and accept my blessing after I told you, I'm going to send you through some hardships in your life. Because you don't want to recognize who I am, what I did for you, and what I'm doing. And I told you I was going to bless you. I bless you, and you still question me. Maybe you're going to put me in a jam. Now you got me between a brick and a hard place. But I got to let you know, man, you don't question me. So now I'm going to send you and your descendants into slavery for 400 years. So they go down into Egypt, and then slavery is almost like America. Ooh, that's a horse of another color. Right now, so he says, now, it's important. Now, don't miss this piece, right? So God tells him that. Now, I want you to think about this. Do you want God, right, to cause hardship in your life, man, because you don't believe him when he told you what he's going to do? When you pray to God and you ask God to bless you and he bless you, and when he bless you, it wasn't good enough. So you told him, I know I asked you for this, but, but God, uh, I want this. I want a son to be my heir. He said, listen, all this is going to be yours, right? But you question him. How many people question God? How many people really question God when God had already blessed you? He's always he shown you who he was. He showed you how awesome he is. And he blessed you beyond your wildest dream. Most of us have more than we ever thought we would have in our lifetime. Now, I know some of you are, well, you, I, I ain't got it. Do you know that some of you are, some of the hell that some of you all came through, that God brought you through for you to be where you are today, you never thought you would be there. Amen. You say, how did I, man, God is good to me. It, it had to be the Lord. He said, well, I don't have nothing. Do you realize uh, what you really have? And God has been too good for you, been too good to you. And you question him and you tell him, so no, God, I want more. Give me more because I deserve more. I serve you. I pray. I dance. I preach. I come to church. I do all these. I know you're supposed to do that. I gifted you for that. So now, so, but then in verse 14, he says, but Abraham, now what you did was you created a problem, not just for you. You really caused a problem, man, for your children and grandchildren. I used to hear bishops say all the time, man, you can curse your children. 
by your, the choices you make. Right? So verse 14 says, he said, but I will punish the nation that enslaved them. And in the end, they will come out with great wealth. He said, now I'm going to bless you and I'm going to hold on to my promises. He said, and I watch this. Now I'm going to take them. I'm going to let you go through some hell. And the person that created the hell in your life, I'm going to take care of them. And I'm going to bless you, but I'm going to put them in your life to create hell for you. God said, I'm going to do it. Now, sometimes we want to blame it on the devil, but God, God sent them down into Egypt and put them in slavery. Sometimes God put people in your life to create hell in your life because you failed to believe him when you should have believed him. He said, I got to put some people in your life, man, to create all kind of havoc in your life. He said, now listen, I'm still going to bless you because I told you I was going to bless you, Nene. He said, at the end, I'm going to bless you. You're going to come out with great wealth. He said, but you're going to feel this for not believing me. He because I've been too good to you. I love you too much and too hard. He said, I brought you through too much for you to question me. You know, and, 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 and you, man, I was telling a young man the other day, I said, he was complaining about something. I said, man, do you know that uh, you can go wherever you want to go? Do you know there was a time when you couldn't even walk on certain sides of the street? There was a time when you couldn't eat what you wanted to eat? There was a time like that. There was a time, man, when you really didn't have any money to pay your rent or your bills. Some of you all know uh, I was speaking uh, to a lady and it hurt my heart. She said she had been married for many years and, and her husband don't like her. The devil is a mess. But sometimes God put him in your life so you appreciate who he is. And then when he start to bless you, you say, ooh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Then, and then they let, ooh, I'm so glad I'm on the lower side. And it's mighty, and I'm mighty, mighty glad. Because you thought you had it bad to God let the devil loose in your life. Right? So, and so he goes on, and I'm, I'm going to wrap this thing up. And so in verse 15, he says, as for you, you will die in peace. And be buried at a ripe old age. He said, now I'm going to bless you and you're going to make it through this. But, but because of your decision, you're going to cause your grandchildren to suffer for a while. And your children because of you. Right? He said, now you're going to make it because you're righteous. But because you lack some faith at a point in your life, you got to pay the piper. Right? And then he says, he says, after four generations... After four generations, your descendants will return here to this land. After four, that's about 100 years, right? For the sin of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. He said the Amorites are not done acting a fool yet, right? He said, so, uh, he said, but I'm going to bless you, and you're going to come back, and you're going you're gonna to enjoy this thing, right? Now, I'm going to wrap this up with this right here, with verse number 18. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram. That day and said, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the borders of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. Now watch this here. This is important. Because of Abraham's faith, God blessed him and blessed everything 
that he touched. And here's the thing. He had to let him know, man, the king dilemma is when you don't, when you don't believe him, he has to do something to you and let you know that he meant business. I'm not going to give you my word and you not honor me by believing it. Now, a lot of you guys are struggling because you have not made the commitment to God after you prayed for him and he answered your prayer a long time ago. The king answered your prayer and he blessed you and you were so thankful you were telling everybody about it. And then you got so arrogant it wasn't enough. How many people did that? Don't you raise your hand. Say, God, I know I asked you for this house, but I wanted a bigger house. And what God was telling you, I can't give you that big house yet because you don't have the finances that support it. If I give it to you now, I'm going to give you more than you can handle. And now you're going to be at my door crying, asking me for, watch this more resources. Now, here's the kicker. When you don't even honor me with the little bit you have. He said, you was coming to church on a regular basis when you didn't have nothing. You were praising me when you didn't have nothing. Soon as I bless you, you backed away. Now you put me, now I'm between a brick and a hard place because uh, you were praying and said, God bless me. You were on the altar crying, boo-hooing, and God, I know you will. Won't you do it for me, Lord? Bless me. And as soon as he blessed you, you backed away. How many people did the moonwalk after God had blessed you? I want you to be honest. You know, your, your commitment, you use at every meeting. Now, listen, I'm, I planted a church, so I know some of you all. Now, I don't mean no harm, but you was here every Bible study. You was, at every, you was at everything. Then all of a sudden, some of you all got jobs and you got too busy. Now, now watch this important, man. Please don't forget this. I got so busy, God blessed me. And when he blessed me, I got too busy for him. Now, this is important. It does not conflict with my schedule, but I'm just too tired to go. So now I'm not going because I'm tired. Now I'm going to go to every other event. I'm going to do all the other things, but I'm too tired now. Now I was committed to, now listen to me. I was committed before he blessed me. Once he gave it to me, man, you couldn't make me miss. But now I got it. Now, you're not, subconsciously, you're not doing that, but that's what's happening. So now you, you bagged away, and you're not as committed anymore. But you want God to keep, you think God don't pay attention to that? You think God not watching that? You think God not paying attention to that? Now, I don't care. I'm not telling you, I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to promote you to come to church. I'm not. What I'm trying to promote you to do is be committed to the king's work. Because when he bless you, like you wanted to be blessed, you can't regress after the blessing. Otherwise, you're telling God, you blessed me too much. And then what's happening is, I promise you, now God is going to put a challenge in your life where you need him even the more. Now listen to me. 
You don't have enough money to support yourself. You don't have enough money. People, you really don't have enough money. The economy is in a situation where you don't have enough money. If you count it up, most of you guys are credit, you get your credit cards maxed out, right? You don't have enough resources. You have to trust God. You have to trust him. I got to believe in him. I got to be committed to him. I got to give my life to him. And I got to be real. Otherwise, I put him in a jam. And I say, God, give me more. God, I'm not giving you more and you give me less. Amen. Amen. That was scary, wasn't it? Now, but, but so, so don't put God in a dilemma. Let him bless you and keep on blessing you and you don't doubt him and show him that you believe. How do you show God? By your walk, not by your talk. Listen to me. It's by your walk, your commitment to him. There's nobody, I promise you, there's nobody more tired than me. Right? And I don't do this because I'm a pastor. Mark, I'm going to tell you, before I was a pastor, this was me. I wasn't missing nothing before I was a pastor. And you think because he made me a pastor, I'm going to stop now? I'm more busy now than I've ever been in my life. Now I have to be more committed because I know the devil, the higher, watch this, the higher you go, the thinner the air. As God blesses you on your job or whatever, the air gets thinner, the devil going to attack you more. You go to work and that devil hits you right in the mouth. And you're like, ooh, it's too much. Then I just wait for my phone to ring. Pastor, play, pray for me, please. Pray for me because this is too much. The devil is real. Embrace yourself with God and be serious. Watch this here. And be committed don't put him between a brick and a hard place. Don't give the, put the king in a dilemma. Let him bless you and keep blessing you and keep blessing you and the world know I'm committed to this. Because listen to me. And I'm done. By 12.15 I'm done. Listen. He will steal your kids. He, I, I remember I told you this a long time ago. Uh, that, uh, it was a story that said, a woman said, if I knew when I took that first drink in the bar that I would be an alcohol for the next 25 years, I would have never drinking it. That's what the devil do to you. He'll slip something in you. He'll slip a mickey on you. He'll make you get involved with something that'll take you down a course where you praying to God, and the only way I can get you out of this thing is God. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty of staying with God is no weapon formed against you yeah. will be able to prosper. So I'm insulating myself from God. The reason why you get up and pray is because you put you build an insulation. The reason why you come in the Bible study is because you build an installation. You got to build an installation. You got to make yourself go when you don't want to go. I got to get this there. You can't say, "Well, I'm just doing this at home." No, He said you need to come together. It's important because there's strength in numbers and you get the energy and you feel it and you got to start to build each other up and strengthen each other and they give you something. And now when the devil come at you and he's coming, listen, they, I told you guys, they built a marijuana store almost on every corner. 
Now, I'm going to let you guys in on a secret. It's particularly in the poor communities. You're already at a disadvantage, right? You get hooked on that. That marijuana is a horse of another color. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. It takes your resources away from you that God gave you. Those drugs and things, it takes the resources that God has given you, and now you're short. Don't raise your hand, but you're short. You're short because the devil is taking your resource that God has blessed you to have because you won't, bless, you won't trust God. The devil gets you addicted to something. It takes your resource away. Now you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Now, you can't tell me. I know some people tell a lie. They say, I only smoke one joint. I only take a little bit. But you know you're lying. You can't take one pill. Once you get addicted and you ain't taking for a minute, you can't take one. You got to take two and three at a time. Right? And you're not even sick. And now the devil got you. Now you ain't got enough money to pay your bills that God already blessed you with. But here's the thing. When you really embrace God, really embrace God, God will take the addiction away from you, give you the resources, protect you from the enemy when he come and try to hit you because that thing leads to another thing that leads to another thing that leads to another thing. And not drugs. It could be sex addiction. It could be other. I'm going to do a series on man, uh, 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 sex trafficking. And he's going to be dealing with all the girls that's been sexually abused. And all the guys have been sexually abused. And how when you watch pornography, don't raise your hand if you're addicted to pornography. When you watch pornography, you, you supplement it and paying money for people who stole little girls against their will and forced them to do things that you get excited by watching it so you pay for it. You buying a subscription. I'm hitting home. Somebody, that's a home run. I just knocked that mug out of the park. That's the devil. Everybody said the devil. Don't, we don't finance nothing at the church. Purposely. We don't have no finance to Pentecost. We don't have no nobody. Listen, Kingdom Embassy don't have a we don't finance nothing. Our carpet, we pay for it. Our roof, we pay for it. The gym, we pay. Now, now when I say we, I'm talking about us. The reason why I did it, the reason why we operate that way, um, sister, the reason why we operate that way, because we ain't gonna let the devil take our money and interest and give it to the world. Because the, the devil tried to take the resource that you guys have been giving us and take the interest, and we get a mortgage for and paying uh, $700 in interest, and we're giving away $700 a month. All the tricks of the enemy. So if it's happened, it happened to you in your personal life. So you know what I'm talking about. Insulate yourself with God. Embrace him. Get back. Even if you don't feel like coming, man, make yourself come. So you say, I'm, well, I don't like it. It's boring. The word of God, if it's born to you, then you got to question what's going on. Why can't I receive the word? What's wrong? Because the devil will blind you, and I promise you he will. Amen? Amen. Get the Lord a hand clap.
Amen. I think the, the, I turned the mic off. Crazy, man. I know Nari looking at me like, what the heck? I, I did that, Nari. It wasn't you. Right, right now. So, uh, thank you all for coming. I pray to God that you insulate yourself, man, with the word of God as much as possible. Come. Come together. We have men's ministry. We have Bible study. We have women's ministry. We can register marriage ministry. We got children's ministry. We got after school program. We're doing whatever we can, man, to get us insulated, man, with the word of God so we can have it. We need it. People, every single day, man, the devil's hitting us on every turn. And God, some of you all got gifts and talents, man, that would change this world if you gave it to the Lord. I promise you. And we need you. Everybody stand to your feet. It's a time of giving. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap. So you're out there on social media and whatever. Hey, listen. Remember what you give, you give it to the Lord. Everybody said we give it to the Lord. He gave it to us and asked us to give a percentage back to him or give a portion back to him. Uh, we don't ch- I don't check envelopes or anything. That's between you and the Lord. But I want you guys to know God knows your heart. God knows what you're doing. Don't give more money to the lottery than you give the church. Don't do that, man. Don't let the devil trick you and you ain't winning. You, you, you're not winning nothing, man. Amen. Lord, we ask you to bless those who have to give and those who have not. Bless their hearts, not just to give in their finance, but give in their time their commitment, so we can do kingdom work. We want to start a ministry that's a one-man ministry, a total man ministry that comes, uh, that touches the life of every individual. We want to be able to fix cars here. We want to get hair done. We want child care. Every fact, we want to impact society in a positive way. We can't do it apart from you. We know it's you. You blessed us more than, oh my God, our heart could ever imagine. You've been that good to us. It's because of these people who Give financially to the church. We're able to do the work we do. So thank you, Lord, and we don't take that for granted. So we appreciate all our givers, all our partners, all those who are working with us. We actually continue to do it. And we thank you for everyone that have given, those who have not. Uh, we praise you and we magnify you for it. And Lord, as we leave this place, we never ever want to leave your presence. We want your spirit to be with us and guide us and insulate us. Let us have a great desire and passion for you to learn to insulate ourselves against Satan and his demonic forces. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The altar is open for those who want prayer. Uh, we, service is dismissed. Thank you all so much for coming. Bible study Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Please join us. We're on a series uh, on the Acts of the Apostles. If you need prayer, the altar is open. <laughs>